Yeah, it's cooling down, but maybe you don't want to stop traveling and camping. We, ourselves, live in an area that doesn't see extreme cold, so it's completely doable. Let's talk tips and tricks for continuing the journey in the cooler, dare I say, colder months. If you haven't heard it yet, this show's episode is brought to you by GoPower Solar. They, their website is gpelectric.com and they have every single thing you could possibly need under the sun for solar, lithium, and inverters. That's right, I said it. If you need parts or whole systems, Go Power Electric can help you out to know the exact components, the exact package you need that is pretty much plug and play. If you need to run small electronics, charge your phone or other devices, or if you need the bigger things powered, maybe even your air conditioner or your refrigerator or a microwave, gpelectric.com for Go Power Solar. They can help you find out what you need. They have the stuff. Check it out gpelectric.com. Welcome to RV Small Talk, where we talk about truck campers, lightweight trailers, and the people, places, and adventures that go along with them. We're your hosts from Princess Craft RV. I'm PJ. I'm Clint. And I'm Lindsay. And thank you guys for listening today. Now, don't forget to subscribe and share the RV Small Talk podcast with all your friends, your camping groups on Facebook. Um, you can rate and review us on any podcast platform that you're listening on. And we'd really appreciate it. Don't forget to check out the show notes for this and any other episode we've ever recorded and posted at rvsmalltalk.com. Okay, well, is there anything that we should hit on before we start talking about cold weather camping or as we do in Texas, uh, slightly overcast and dreary camping, but not really all that cold? It's kind of weird to talk about this because right now it's the middle of November and it's like 80 degrees outside. I know. So, I mean, first of all, I don't know a lot about any of this stuff because I've never needed to. But I don't know. It just feels very weird to me to be like talking about how to camp in the snow and things like that when it's so hot outside. Yeah. And and let me just (laughs) throw out there, we are not going to be able to speak to things like snow tires and chains. We don't because we, we don't, don't know. know. <laughs> <laughs> You're gonna have to go find another podcast. That's not for our that. expertise. That's not our neck of the woods. So this is the Texas cold version. Yeah, I think a lot of this can apply. Uh, you know, in in most regions where it gets cold, but that, those are specific things that came to mind that yeah. I I don't really have experience with. Well, in all fairness, it was 46 when I got up this morning. Yeah, and like 87 now. It's not 87, but probably is 77. Mm. So I'm going to look up the temperature. Y'all keep talking. (laughs) (laughs) Talk Anyway, it's been, you know, partly cloudy skies and just, I mean, picture perfect out there this week. It's amazing. We have been so blessed with beautiful weather the past week. And I think it's supposed to continue a little while longer. It is 81. 81? It is 81 degrees outside right now. That is so Just crazy. Just clear that up. All right. <laughs> so we have almost a 40 degree spread. Yeah. Yeah. Which is pretty typical. You would think you're in the desert. It's that time of mm-hmm. year when I I leave all of my jackets at work. Uh-huh. Because like you wear a jacket to work every morning and then when you leave, it's really hot. So you leave it on the back of your chair and then it just grows and grows and grows. And then I can't find any more jackets at my house because they're all at work. You know what else? What other time of year it is? This is the time of year when Kevin and service wear shorts to work every single day. Yeah, but he still does that when it's 30 degrees. That's every day of the year, no matter what. I mean, I have never... He wears pants to the Christmas party every year. 
That is weird. This is like the <laughs> one day. Really, it's we weird. take a lot of pictures. <laughs> you <know> anyway. <laughs> most of our listeners don't know Kevin, but Kevin works in our service department and he's uh, he may stand a full 5'2", but he is probably just as tall on his side from muscle. He is a bodybuilder. And so it's, I don't know if that raises your body temperature or something like that and then keeps you warm. Is that what happens? <laughs> well, maybe it's just hard to find pants that fit you really well. It might be that. Maybe, I mean, maybe his, his calves. calves are too big for pants. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> This is getting weird, y'all. Can we go back to cold weather Let's camping? Let's go back to cold weather. Back it up. <laughs> Sam. Well. <laughs> Welcome to Princess Craft, y'all. Out here on the range. Gotta let the calves run. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Next time you have to call up for service, just ask to talk to Kevin's calves. <laughs> he'll, he'll really appreciate it. Uh, <laughs> so, um, as we recover, um, what, what do we need to talk about in regards to cold weather camping with our trailers and RVs? Well, I, I don't know. You know, let's just start with the first thing that everybody worries about, right? Okay. What's that? Well, everybody's <laughs> like, what if it gets bad roads or it gets bad weather and are my tires in good shape? And I mean, that's what people okay. worry about is tires. Okay. So right? where the rubber meets the road, that's where you start. Oh. Yeah. Okay. okay. Um, so there you go. You're going to be traveling in a lot of changing conditions. And what we know about tires is that they lose pressure whenever you, it gets colder. And if you have swings like we've been having, 40 degree swings, in the morning, your sensors are probably going off in your car if you have them. This has low tire pressure. And in the afternoon, it may be normal. Well, stay on top of that. Check your tires, check their health, their tread, but also go ahead and air them up to whatever their rating is. Right? Right? Yeah, well, we're just giving Clint blank stares. Maybe. <laughs> I'm uh, sitting here what? thinking, you know, we always uh, tell people, be sure to check them when they're cold uh -huh. and not after you've been driving 100 miles. But in really cold weather, could you hurt your tires if you aired them up when it's like 30 degrees outside and then you drive into the heat and it heats up to, let's say, 81 yeah. Would yeah. that hurt your tires? I think that that would start bordering on the overinflated side of things. So then you stop and let air out of your tires? I think I would keep it on. Now, I will say this. This sounds exhausting. Tire, Just saying. Tire manufacturers do kind of factor in temperature changes like that. So there is a little bit of grace, if you will. They have a recommended tire pressure. Don't go over that. And that should account for most changes up in temperature. And, so and it's you, not going to change about. enough to hurt your tires. But when you're talking a 40 degree spread, if you air up in the in the 30s or freezing weather and it comes all the way up to 70 or something, I might consider it or just consider how far I'm traveling. You mm -hmm. know, that, that'll that'll make a difference because, you know, actually driving might heat them up as well. Yeah. Well, I guess just be aware of it. Double check it if there's a big change. Yeah. Now, this is one of those areas that uh, nitrogen filled tires might be a consideration. I typically most of the time don't like nitrogen filled tires, not because they're bad, but because it's for the most part, not that big a deal. The, the value there for the amount of money that you pay. Well, I bet some people would beg to differ, but... Well, that's why they sell it that way. People who make money beg to differ. 
Okay, well, we now have Clint's opinion. However, I don't know enough to know what I'm if saying, it's that different. This one might make a difference. And the reason that one of the big things about it is nitrogen is technically, from what I understand, a larger atom. And so it doesn't leak out as much and it also doesn't expand and contract as much oh so your tires won't change as much if you have nitrogen filled tires right however but finding nitrogen to refill them with is difficult this difficult. is like clint and i the science guy so it's yeah. difficult it's more expensive and if you don't have like a high percentage of nitrogen in there if you have like 10 percent regular air then you've pretty much decimated any value of having nitrogen filled tires so it's pretty much all nitrogen or nothing so nitrogen really is nice to have but if you you can just put air in them when you need it but if you do that then you need to count on them just being air filled tires right from there on out and then you take them to a service center that does nitrogen and they put in a vacuum chamber i guess and you can refill i don't, them. I don't, I don't know, know if that's true okay well something we need to talk about someday is mm-hmm. nitrogen filled tires so i would recommend go ahead and have a 12 volt uh pump with well, you. Well, do you carry one when you yeah. travel? Yeah, I do. I have one in each vehicle. What? Uh-huh. What? I do. What? And sometimes I even take my bike pump. What? I I wouldn't be able to use a bike pump. No? Oh, it's true. You most people do rely on some body weight to push it down and you have none of that. Well, no, no, I got body weight. It's just I'm not strong enough. I use I'm body not weight. strong enough. You just stand <laughs> yeah. on it. Yeah, just stand on. Just jump on on the trampoline. <laughs> So I would have. Okay, well, I would like for you, will you do me a favor and will you find uh, one of the, like a little 12 volt Mm -hmm. powered air pump that Mm -hmm. you would recommend and list it in the show notes? Sure. Because I would like to know. Because I'm going to buy it. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, because that's something that I don't carry. Okay, sure. Is Uh, it like bigger than a shoe box? No. No, it's about that size. Bigger than a bread box? Same as a shoebox, right? Nuh-uh, bread box is a little bit bigger than a shoebox. What kind of bread you eating? I don't know. <laughs> I have one that's about the size of a cigar box. Uh, Y'all remember what those are? Yeah. Cigar boxes. That's yeah. where all the that's seashells. Cool. Yeah, that's where we keep seashells yeah. at my house. <laughs> so, cigar boxes. So check on those tires. Make sure that, that you're on top of it. This is a good time of year to have your to know where your bearings are. When's the last time you had them packed? Yeah, have them che- you know checked out and packed. Uh, you can't check them out without packing them, though. Y- right. You really need right. to just if you're going to ha- have them looked at, that means you're having them repacked. And they'll take a look at your brakes too, and make sure everything's working. So if you're a winter camper, mm-hmm. good thing to do at the beginning of winter and mm-hmm. at the beginning of summer. Yeah, and my last thing on the kind of rubber meets the road portion of this is, <clears throat> is really I like the idea of a TPMS system. That's a tire pressure management system and it's a little doohickey that goes on the valve stem of your tires Mm -hmm. and it connects to a device in your vehicle or your smartphone depending on what you get sometimes they have an app Mm -hmm. and it'll tell you where your tires at from a pressure standpoint my my uh my father-in-law loves his because he is that guy he likes to sit in the sun and watch one side of his vehicle's tires get more pressure than the other just because he's interested in those sort of so things. So he's geekier than you are? Oh, he's a, he's a, uh, he's oh the my gosh. dean of the statistics department. Oh at, uh, gosh. Yes. I, well, I don't even think we could carry on a, a logical conversation. I just don't no, understand that we should have him in. We should have him on the podcast. So Statistical anyway. probability of tire pressure yeah. change. So we got your tires taken care uh-huh. of. Uh-huh. Now, how does the cold 
or maybe jumping temperatures affect your hitch and coupler maintenance. Like obviously you need to inspect it, make Mm -hmm. sure everything looks good before you hit the road on the cold weather. But what else could happen potentially? Yeah. So generally not much, but I like to use the kind of change of seasons to just inspect things anyways, because stuff does wear. Metal does change in size a little bit. Yeah. That was my question. Does it? It does, but not a huge amount. Um, What it can do is it can be more or less flexible as well, which could cause, it might be the season that you develop a crack in maybe an A-frame or in a coupler. So it's just, when it, with a change in season, that's when I just like to visually just inspect that. And for the most part, I have never found anything, but it's a good time to check. Yeah. So that'd be your your toe ball, check it for wear and all that. You know, toe balls can wear out to where they are more likely to pop off, or the coupler is more likely to pop off, but that is also quite rare. And terrifying. Uh, well, yeah. Yeah, and I've seen some toe balls that people have on their truck that you know they have handed down for like four generations. I mean, it's a family and they heirloom. they terrible. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I mean, I'm not kidding. It's like they're way- Your toe way- ball looks terrible. <laughs> Spit shine. <laughs> well, they are way past the worn point or the right. rusty point or rubbed or right. scraped. Um, and so, you know, at that point, if you've got something that's wearing really badly, mm-hmm. just replace it. Make it easier on yourself. And yeah. a lot of people use a toe ball lube or something like mm-hmm. that. And that makes them a little bit quieter and it can protect it for a few more years. That's right. And the couplers can get a little worn on the mm-hmm. inside. Again, generally not a problem, but, you know, good time to just pay attention, maybe give it a little silicone spray, right. make sure it opens and closes easily. And the breakaway cable is the one that most of us don't check very often. Right. So uh, that little cable is, it, it gets a little wear on it or it got drug or it got kinked. Right. So yeah, they're cheap to replace, You and it, no tools needed. Yeah. Super easy, just pulls out of the little box and then snap the new one back in mm-hmm. and be sure not to hook it onto the hooks of your chain right hook it onto the vehicle yeah it needs its own pathway to connect to the vehicle by itself uniquely yeah. natively you know what we talk about this all the time we'll always put stuff in our show notes but let's put that little uh yeah the zip breakaway cable oh okay mm-hmm. yeah is that what they call it the mm-hmm. zip yeah it's a little springy thing and i like it because it can't drag it just simply so cannot instead drag of, yeah instead of your your breakaway being just a, a wire mm-hmm. it's a coil like a mm-hmm. old phone cord yep. so it can't drag it's always nice it will live a lot longer that way i don't know how many we replace every week here so, All right, so the cold weather isn't going to do much for your toe ball and your coupler, but I know that it does do something to your battery. Mm-hmm. Cold weather is, I mean, it's tough on batteries. It drains right. them. It makes them, I don't know, what do you call it? Old? Dead. <laughs> Dead. Not <laughs> yeah. alive. They don't charge well and they there don't and they discharge differently. And in, if you haven't experienced changing your, changing out your actual car battery through the years most of those events seem to happen around cold weather first thing in the morning Mm -hmm. after a cold night and Mm -hmm. all of a sudden your car car won't start start. yeah Mm -hmm. yeah now it may be a different kind of battery on your rv from your tow vehicle but the cold weather is going to be hard on them regardless of what type it is so this is a good time to have it checked out and you can go to any auto parts store or any rv location and have it checked out just 
for you know cranking value or what have you sure the ability its capacity is it holding what it should yeah and be sure that they check it under a load because that means that they are actually trying to run something with it mm-hmm. or simulate running something because if you have a standard wet cell battery it's going to look fully charged if all you do is look and say how much charge does it have right right but you have to run it under a load and you know the auto parts store and walmart they all have ways Mm -hmm. to do that so that they can see if it holds a charge because it'll look great the minute you turn something on it drops to the bottom and that's just like me that's what yeah if if (laughs) is that just like you just like me if you see me on a normal situation (laughs) just walking around and standing without a load i look fairly healthy (laughs) <laughs> However, if you put something heavy on me, I collapse pretty easily. It's like a folding stick. You don't know how unhealthy I am until I have to carry two kids on my, on my arm. so unhealthy. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Lithium ion. I know that there is some type of rule that lithium ion can't camp in mm. certain degrees or you yeah. nope, nope, you can camp. You just can't but recharge. I know what you're referring you just can't to. use your battery. You just can't recharge it. Okay. But but this is changing. So let's talk about where we are today and the and what we project on the future. Where we are today is lithium ion right around that freezing point does not accept a charge. It doesn't it doesn't it's not able to be charged. Not completely, maybe even not good for the from a battery health standpoint, but there are new technologies that they are, that all these manufacturers are building in. You just like put a blanket around it? A lot of people are doing it. So so they will install them Just carry inside. a big electric blanket. So yeah. a lot of people install their lithium ion inside their trailer where it can receive some heat from the heating system. Well, that makes perfect sense. And then because they're more expensive. It's harder to steal if it's inside your trailer. <laughs> well, and then there's That's really true. But there are actually little heating pads, 12 volt heating pads, and and management systems that actually pay attention to the temperature and turn on that heating pad just to make sure that your battery can handle camping situations. So there is always a DIY workaround, yes. but the reality is they are trying to fix this and hopefully in the next few years they will. Uh-huh, but uh-huh. something to be aware of if your trailer has lithium ion batteries, that the cold weather will affect it. Mm-hmm. Be sure you have an idea for a workaround. Consult your owner's manual. There you yeah, go. <laughs> I don't know. Owners Didn't we do an entire so podcast bad. on lithium batteries? Yeah, but uh, why yeah, not but do another and another goodness. and another? No, I'm just letting people who are listening know that if you want, if you want to learn about lithium ion, yeah, and we talked yeah. about camping with them in the cold. Sure, sure, cool. Um, while you're checking electrical stuff, check those lights because you're you're going to find that it gets dark earlier, longer. Longer, better, stronger, faster. <laughs> Turn the lights on and off really fast. Yes. Pretend like you're in a club. <laughs> no. Uh, but are the lights really affected by cold weather? You're just saying be sure you have lights. Uh, it's a good time. Just like you're, you're towing your connection set up, it's a good time to check them. It's kind of like a reminder. Whenever you change the seasons, whenever you do the daylight savings time, I shudder to think about it's a good time to check all your 9-volt batteries and your smoke alarms. This is a good time to check your lights. I should do that. Yeah, do it next year. (laughs) Well, Lindsay's the one that, remember, that camps without a toothbrush. She doesn't even pack, and you're the one that makes a list. Yeah, I do. We are like... So if I ever need batteries, I'm going to quit trailer (laughs) because I didn't bring any. I don't know. That was not on the list. (laughs) (laughs) All right. 
You have here, everything feels different in the cold. I do. I I'm do. just going to touch my trailer. Yes. So Put hands <laughs> on your trailer. Like, this is, ghosts, like a pottery wheel. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's like ghosts, <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> so, yeah, this is just a little back of my my thoughts reminder to myself. Um, in any situation when I'm outside and it's cold, I'm not used to being in the cold. And since everything does feel d- different, tactically, uh, the way things feel under my grip, I have to remind myself to check things, mechanical, mechanical connections over twice, you know? Um, because what feels like it has firmly latched may not actually have, or may not have turned fully, you know, uh, friction, that's a good point. friction points feel different when it's cold. Yeah. My hands are the first thing to go numb. So then mm-hmm. I'm just like, <laughs> <laughs> so if it locks, if it latches or if it clamps, double check in the cold months that it actually did, did latch. the thing. Yeah. yeah. Or lock or clamp. Yeah. So uh, Bop it. do we want to move past the in travel scenario? Okay, now that now that we've traveled and we've we've taken care of some of the safety travel standpoints. Yeah, the boring safety stuff. Yeah. I'm actually at the campsite and it's cold. And I'm worried that I am not going to have heat or I'm not going to stay warm enough. Or you're going to have a fountain of frozen water flowing at you. I, yes, I'm not going to be able to flush the toilet or I'm not going to be able to dump the tanks. I have People have so many worries. Yeah. Well, let's start bare bones basic. People have been camping for ages in tents with exactly what you just described. However, we're talking about RVers and people with trailers. And so we do want as many of these creature features that we bought those trailers for to work and yes. to not crack and break and leak and things like that. Okay, so is there a line where I can camp with water in my unit and when I can't? Like if it gets to freezing at night but then comes back up during the day, do I need to do I need to winterize before I go camping and just camp without water? I have my thoughts, but PJ I don't know. I mean No 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 what if it's, what if it just goes into freezing for a couple hours during the night. I don't worry about it at all, but some people do. But but is but <laughs> my mouth stopped. And, and working. I would say it really depends on your trailer because if everything is exposed under your trailer, it's possible that it can get cold enough to crack a pipe or a little elbow, and you know water leaks stop everything from working. So it's possible. But if you th- if it gets down to freezing for an hour and then goes back up again, you're fine. If it's going to be freezing by dinner time, I, that's something else because that's cold enough to actually change the water in your system. And of course, there's everything in between. So what I would think is if you fear that it's going to be cold for longer than an hour or two, you might want to just, if your tanks, your freshwater tank is not heated and enclosed, then you'll want to just drain it mm-hmm. or open it up. Just make it easier yes. on yourself instead yeah. of having to deal with the aftermath. So what we're trying to avoid is the the nature of water to expand when freezing. And if it expands in a pipe, it really doesn't have anywhere to go except for it to bust through, break on through to the other side, if you will. <laughs> oh, goodness. This side you don't want it to be on. So how do I camp without water in my unit? Well, 
that's just it. If it's inside your unit and it can stay warm, then you're fine. If it's outside the unit, that's where you worry. And I bring water with me pretty often in cold weather or any If it's time. cold weather, you need to have, in my opinion, mm-hmm. a five-gallon yes. tank for drinking water. I picked one up at Academy so just for this. So that you have that, yeah. Mm-hmm. Just five gallon with a little spigot on the front. It's inexpensive. It's easy to store. Mm-hmm. And no matter how cold it gets outside, you'll have water to drink, cook, whatever you need to do. Make coffee, right? Right. You do not want me in cold weather because I'm not good in cold weather. And you do not want me in cold weather without coffee. So I I wonder, PJ, at what point does your body tell you you're in cold weather? Because yeah. I'm cold all the time. Yeah. yeah. For me, I have, definitely I have the old lady like cold syndrome. 73. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. sometimes I'm okay if it's 30 degrees outside. If I'm dressed correctly and I'm moving, I'm fine uh-huh. like anybody else. Yeah. But I don't do well with moving air and I don't do well sitting still. You own a so, convertible. I know, but that's different. <laughs> I know. It's so, different. Shout out to Sam for that joke. Yeah. <laughs> so I know. My thought here is... Um, so back to campers. Yeah, back to campers. If it's going to be cold for beyond two hours, below freezing beyond two hours, you might consider go ahead and drain the lines. If you know it's going to stay down for, for 24 hours or longer than that, you might drain the line and fill those lines up with... Uh, RV biodegradable antifreeze. Do not do drain your water heater. Do not fill your water heater with antifreeze. Let me repeat that. Drain your water heater. Yes. Do not fill your water with antifreeze. That well, is unnecessary. Be, yes, and a lot of uh, you know every every trailer's built different. Mm-hmm. So this is I think winterizing is such a hard thing to talk about because every trailer's different. Okay. Yep. If you have a bypass on the water heater, you just bypass it and winterize the rest of your trailer. Yeah. And if you don't, then you need to open up it, drain that tank, which you do either way, mm-hmm. and then you know you need to to blow it out and be sure you get everything out of it because it really is tough filling it's not that it hurts the water the water heater it's that you need six gallons in there and it's right. really tough to get it all out right so um at any rate i think that if you drain the if you know it's going to be really cold you're stuck in cold weather all of a sudden this cold front blows in and it's colder below freezing you weren't prepared the only thing you need to do is drain your water heater and uh drain your fresh water tank Go to those low point drains and and open Mm -hmm. the low point drains. If you Mm -hmm. crawl under your trailer and look around underneath, you will find tubes hanging down. Yeah. And they will usually be red and blue, but sometimes they're clear or white. Right. And then either there is a pitcock valve right there underneath the trailer or directly above that, wherever it is, maybe under a step or under a bed, you'll find that valve to turn. And it just drains all the water lines that are yes. behind that. And you're making a little pool right around your trailer. So when yeah, it freezes, so you, you can go ice skating. skating. Yes. <laughs> yes. Now, one thing to, to say, that we're talking the normal water heater that you'll find in most U.S. RVs. However, I'm not speaking to uh, on-demand, tankless, you know, those yes. sort of yes, things. Yes. So that's a whole nother animal. That's why touching that. it is so tough to to discuss winterizing without having a specific trailer in mind and specific gear. Um, and there are people out there who've described that really well. 
but basically you want to get all the fresh water out and i yeah. carry the non-toxic no, let me just say the non-toxic antifreeze <laughs> it's pink um and you can pour that in like the p-trap of the sink you uh-huh. can pour that in the p-trap of the yeah. um like the shower mm-hmm. in there but for the most part if you get a little bit in the black tank you pour some in the gray tank you can still have that water in there it won't freeze sure and just leave your fresh tank empty and in a pinch some people use and you're good uh Vodka. You know, they, vodka. They use vodka. And, and you know why? Because it doesn't freeze at the same freezing point. Because it's anti-freeze. Yeah, that's right. And so there you go. Um, so if I were to wrap this little section up, I would say that it's perfectly fine to use in camp in a winterized RV. However, just do things differently and have fun. Carry water differently. Carry, yeah, carry a five-gallon thing of water to drink and then carry a couple of gallons of antifreeze. And you can do anything when you're out camping then to to keep the water from freezing. And, yeah. you know, I just hate to see that stop people from camping. Right, because there's some it, amazing things to yeah. do. It's not the seasons. water thing. It's the cold thing. Okay. You mean like they're afraid they're going to get too cold? Like it's just no, it's just it's just cold outside. And, and by the way, if you have a trailer that has heated and enclosed tanks, or heating pads on the tanks, which can be added aftermarket, oh uh-huh, yeah, then all of this is probably pretty much a moot point. Well, I'd say exactly exactly right. Except for you twist a little bit, you pivot a little bit, and you say, then you have to just mind what's powering the heat. If it's a pad, then just make sure that you know where you're at on your electricity. If it's right. if it's just a forced air from from the heat, make sure you know where you are in your propane system. Sure, and all that. Sure, That's sure. important. Sure. Well, okay. Well, how do I stay warm? Well, we need to consider a few points here. We like warm air. You don't like air blowing on you. Um, so there's a few things. If you're, let's talk about safety. Okay. Okay. The two, so, the two things that might be issues for safety would be electrocution, which is not that, but, that common. <laughs> How to die when you're camping. Is that the next topic? In the cold. In cold weather. Yeah, that's what I was going <laughs> to so say. That, so that when they find you, you are well-preserved. <laughs> oh, really? And I cannot believe. we are. Just, I, I would love to say, can we cut that? But okay. So you'd so, be all like electrocuted and frozen. <laughs> do you want to be electrocuted and frozen <laughs> so the other issue oh. is of course there's the issue of uh using propane and there's a lot of people back and forth on how and when to use propane and obviously i i use propane heater no problem but i crack a window because i am terrified of carbon monoxide poisoning so let's start with these electric heaters because i see that so often especially on the facebook groups is those electric heaters, they've come a long way and they actually work really, really well, yep. especially with those smaller trailers. A lot of people will just turn them on mm-hmm. for, you know, 30 minutes to an hour before yep. they go to bed and then they'll just turn them off and sure. leave them off for the night. And are we talking about a ceramic heater? Yeah, yeah, I think so. Yeah, like the little, I mean, some of them are bigger than that, but you just plug them in and then they mm-hmm. brr and then they brr and they get red <laughs> and they put heat out of it. And then they stop looking at me like that. But they're dangerous because they can catch 
things on fire. Yeah. So there's there's the safety thing is is mind your distance and what's around. But also there's the old coil heater. It's a little bit more like uh, what you would see in a heat lamp or something like that going way back um, or the heating element that you'd uh, find in, you know, something like uh, a hairdryer or something like that. Those things take a fair bit of power and they can dry out the air that you're in. However, they work pretty well. Again, just know where you're at on your battery system or if you're on shore power or on a generator, you have to maintain your energy source when heating something. But those ceramic heaters don't use very much electricity, right? I mean, less than the electric heaters that we're used to. Yeah. A lot less. Yeah, my trailer doesn't have a heater in it, but it does have a heat strip in the air conditioner. That is not the most efficient thing in the world. It is literally a really big hairdryer. Yeah, but you know what? It got pretty cold uh, because I had the opportunity to camp in your trailer before you did. That's right. And and it it was snugly and warm. Yeah, it, it did more than take the edge off. Yes, Absolutely. it did. And your camper has canvas tent tip yes, outs. Yes, two, two full-size, almost queen-size uh, tip-out beds, and they're soft-side. Yes, I was impressed. I did not expect a heat strip in a roof air to do that well, but it was great. Yeah. It was great. So I think ceramic heaters are safe. Sure. Um, propane heaters, you know, what about propane heaters? You, you're you worried about them because... Uh, Carbon monoxide. Carbon monoxide mm-hmm. is part of a standard furnace that you'll find in mm-hmm. an RV. So if I'm running a furnace pretty much uh, in an RV or if I'm using one of the, those Mr. Heater kind of heat buddies things, mm-hmm. I will crack a window or a vent. I w- it's just if the heater's in use, I crack a window. Well, that also helps with condensation. But it's yeah. cold outside. Don't open the window. Crack a window. But then the heat goes out the window. Not all the heat. (laughs) Not all the carbon monoxide either. (laughs) Enough. (laughs) It is a good idea to crack a window. Always a good thing to do. And um, well, I prefer blankets anyways. Like like an electric blanket? Sure. Okay. I just mean like normal fluffy yes. ones. And I totally agree. <laughs> but if they plug in or weighted blanket, mm-hmm. weighted blankets keep you warm. I just sleep under my mattress. <laughs> <laughs> sure. Okay. We're all shaking oh, wait, our no, heads. No, because everybody just pictured it. The second he said it, everybody just pictured Clint just laying in the tip out of his Discover underneath the mattress being like, good night, everybody. <laughs> Well, I put my kids on top. (laughs) (laughs) Well, back in reality, if you're winter camping, check your LP detectors, Mm -hmm. check your carbon monoxide detector Mm -hmm. and your smoke alarm. You know, they are so much uh, more uh, susceptible. What am I trying to say? They're so much more susceptible to going off. Mm-hmm. Because you keep your camper closed up. It doesn't stay yeah. fully open all the time. So any type of smell or or anything inside can set them off. Absolutely. I learned from doing the tech tours that if your LP detector goes off within 10 minutes of you starting and running your furnace, that is completely normal. Right. Because the furnace is not running as efficiently as it will. Mm-hmm. 
past 10 minutes. That's right. So as long as it's, it's within the first 10 minutes, you're fine. Yep. And then Just open an the windows mm-hmm. and let it calm down and you'll be fine. And you talked about how sensitive they are. We have heard so many stories of people traveling with their pets and, you know, Fido just lays down on the floor near that detector and Fido gets a little bit gassy and sets off that alarm. <laughs> and we've heard it time and time again. Those things are sensitive. They are. They are. And a little bit offensive. Yeah. No, your comments are offensive. The, the propane it's detectors. Offensive. Just fine. There you go. <laughs> Make up terms. <laughs> so anyway, check those. Bring extra batteries because you need them. Do not disconnect those in the winter. Now, yeah. I've seen more than a couple trailers, especially on our lot, that have little fireplaces. And people always kind of laugh at them. Not oh, laugh, the, the but like, hey, what is this? Factory installed. Yeah. yeah. But... Uh, most of them actually produce heat mm-hmm. and also pretty colors. Yep. And it's electric heat. So it has the ambience. So it makes your, your RV right. uh, a little cabin in the woods. Mm-hmm. It feels actually stronger than the heat strip that's in the overhead. Yeah, it AC. does to me. So I would think it would keep a trailer pretty warm. Right. And, and another thing is, pretty amazing. is because that overhead AC is kind of trying to force warm air down using the fan right. system and all that. I mean, hot air is going to want to rise. Right. And those little fireplaces are generally down lower. So they're it, generally it on fills, the floor. Yeah. It fills out the space. Floating fireplaces. And it's there quiet. Are some. And it's and it's just it's a nice feel. Yeah, it is. I love it. I love it. It's another idea. Oh, you ha- all the cozies. I did. I have a little bit of a list of cozies because I, I actually enjoy cold weather. What we call cold Get weather out. camping. Texas, out. cool weather camping. I actually enjoy it because it, there's a certain feel to it. You get to be on your sweaties and your hoodies and your your uh, stocking caps or whatever. People okay, call what's them your favorite kind stocking of... Stocking caps? How old are you? A toque. <laughs> What's yeah. your favorite hat? What do you camp with when you go camping in cold well, weather? Well, I've never had one of those hats that have the wings on it. I, I think I need to someday, but I've never had it. It's just a standard stocking cap. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Stocking cap. Uh, what do you call them? A toboggan? A toque? What? I don't know what you're talking about, so I can't tell you what I call them. Just a beanie hat. A beanie. Yeah, a, a beanie. beanie. Yeah. That's what I call that's, it. That's typically what I'm out there. Okay. But I, I kind of like the the gathering of the campfire. You're, fire, you're dressed up like that. You're, you know, enjoying the moment, and you have a blanket or a quilt over your lap. I like mm-hmm. it. And my nose is freezing, and my lips are chapped, and my ears <laughs> are cold. <laughs> I don't know, Lindsay. You have a monkey hat. And it does have ear flaps. But yes. well, they make the beanies uh, the, or whatever they go full over your face, so you can rob a, a corner store and then go camping. But then my eyeballs are still cold. <laughs> Something has to be out there in the cold. <laughs> your eyeballs are cold. Yes, you've never had cold eyeballs. Uh, of course, I have. Okay, okay. <laughs> but it's never held me back. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's when you start a fire and you sit around the mm-hmm. fire when it's cold. I mean, that's what you do in cold weather camping, right? Yes. Yeah. Start a fire. And and just go to Academy, get all the hand warmers, put them in all the pockets. Ooh, and I shoes. do love hand warmers. Oh man, we yeah. sound so stinking wimpy. I mean, if you have to. Now, some of this is carryover from being in the hunt, the deer stand, where mm-hmm. you have no insulation and you have right. no campfire. Well, if you so. have the right clothes on and you're dressed in layers and you're not wearing like an acrylic sweater, yeah, you know, you're wearing something that will keep you warm. Mm-hmm. Then. You know, it might be better. Yeah. And now there's Says a, the woman who is always cold. Well, I think that you should look in. There's a whole science out there for 
cold weather layering. You have to have the right base layer. Let's not go into this right now. There's a, there's a, there's a whole science to okay, layering. Okay, well, now that we know that we enjoy, I like I like wearing sweatpants and a big hat mm-hmm. and sitting around the fire with a blanket <laughs> on my truck. <laughs> Okay, that, that I like kind of wearing was, sweatpants and, and a big, big hat. hat. <laughs> well, and, and a warm hat. Okay, <laughs> I'm looking at at our list of things we like, and it's his warm treats. Oh well, I was getting there. Oh okay. Gather all your favorite things that keep you warm in the winter and go camping. Yeah. Start a fire. Sit around it. Eat things that are really bad for you, like s'mores, and. I don't know. Relax and enjoy the season. Yeah. It's a good time for hot cocoa. It's a good time for marshmallows or or anything. Even if I brought brownies that are made at home and I warm them up near the edge of a fire. Great. Fantastic. You know? Yeah. I'm I'm getting a theme here. Uh, yeah. Sugar. Um, sugar and chocolate. <laughs> that's right. Um, There's a good time to to do those kind of packet meals in the fire when, where you use a oh, yeah. foil. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. I just love those things. I do. Yes. It's and you can decorate up your campfire, your campsite. Mm-hmm. You can put lights on it and just, you know, bring a few fun things to decorate with. That would mm-hmm. be fun. Yep. Have a fire. I mean, there's great things about being out there in the cold weather. Sure. Sure. And and I know we think of the cold as kind of cold and desolate and all that, but really the outdoors takes on a whole nother beautiful season and mood and so few people allow themselves to acclimate to the cold to really experience it and take it in this is a good time for photography if you're into photography the scenery is still beautiful it's just different yes i think it's a great time if you like to be remote Mm -hmm. but i think it's also a great time if you you know maybe like to not be boondocking during the winter right but why not go in and look for towns that have light displays? Cute small towns. It is all over Texas. Yeah. So if you can't find them where you are, come on down. Yeah. Every small town here has a light display. A and, square. And some type of big event, mm-hmm. sometimes a big maze of lights you walk through. Mm-hmm. It is the thing here. Absolutely. And, you know, during the day, I like to go find coffee shops yes. or bakeries or breweries or museums or i mean zoos are open down here in the winter and you know what they aren't as well attended oftentimes in the colder months so the animals animals. yeah go say hi they get lonely so i don't know i think it's there's tons of ways to camp in the winter that are a little bit different and we should all plan a little weekend adventure this is another thing even if you're a seasoned rvr this is a good time if you haven't done much cold weather camping to learn how by camping close we 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 say that over and over again when you're starting out with an rv or even now if you like i said if you've done it a lot if cold weather camping is not hasn't been your thing go practice it someplace close by yeah you know if something fails or you get worried or your propane runs out and you're freezing Mm -hmm. Just go home. Yeah, don't sweat it because it freezes and then you got a whole nother problem. No, <laughs> that's not helpful, Clint. We're supposed to be <laughs> that's encouraging. pretty helpful, actually. <laughs> <laughs> and like I said, just go home. So there and you go. And then come back the next day when it warms up. Yeah, yeah, there you go. So I think that that's been a pretty fun rundown on how to acclimate yourself to camping in cooler 
or dare I say it, colder weather. Well, I hope it encourages a few people to give it a shot, even if it's nearby, even if it's just for the weekend. Mm-hmm. While we are closing this all down, don't forget gpelectric.com. That is Go Power Solar for all of your solar needs. Remember that, that electricity is your friend, folks. It will help you to keep those tanks warm if you have tank heaters. It will help you to keep that, uh, that heater going. If it's one of those 12 volt ceramic heaters or whatnot, if you want your power to keep going, hot, cold, rain, or shine, um, GP Electric is, is the resource. Find out what you need for your camping and your rig and the way you want to camp at gpelectric.com. Go Power Solar is a solution. Just go to them. They make it happen. gpelectric.com. Now, if you haven't got enough of this crazy rambling from RV Small Talk, then... Come on down and join us every Friday at noon. We will be live at RV Small Talk. Uh, and just join us. We'll be answering customer questions. And you can find us where, Clint? So we will be doing that on our various Facebook places. You'll find us on the RV Small Talk Facebook page and in the RV Small Talk community group. But another place that you might not know about is we do have a YouTube channel. It is uh, slowly getting some content. But our Facebook Lives will show up there as well. Excellent. So we will chat again on Friday at noon. Fantastic. Until next time, we've had a blast. Stay warm, stay safe, and we'll see you again soon. <laughs>